I never thought we would come to this point, but I guess that's the beauty of these conversations is that I've realized the transformative power of art is really in trusting where your true curiosities and interests lead you Mm. and not expecting that the destination you get to next is the destination that you need to arrive at, but that that destination will give you insight into many other destinations you may need to go first before you get to wherever it is you think you need to get to, which you don't even know exists yet. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. All right. Welcome to another podcast episode with Brandon and Evan as we talk about some stuff. Uh, the transformative <laughs> power of art. <laughs> That's what we titled this. Uh, yeah, it's interesting when you're an artist, when you're creating, when you're actually trying to do something new, when you're pushing yourself into what is actually creative, meaning that you're not just trying to copy something or be cool or, you know, do something like, oh, I like kind of like what they did. So I'm going to do what they did, but you maybe, maybe it was, you were inspired what they did. And so then you kind of had maybe somewhere to go with it. You thought maybe it could go further or different or another direction. What's really cool about that. And what we want to kind of discuss today, I think, and maybe Evan will add some extras to this, but is that there's a transformative element when you push yourself outside of it. Now, I was talking with a fellow writer and we were discussing story concept. And one thing that they kind of helped me understand was that when you're asking a question, now stay with me here because we were talking about screenwriting, but I think this relates to, to other mediums as well. But we were talking about when you're asking a question you're going to know if that's actually a high concept or an original concept or an interesting concept. And it's kind of like, what would happen if this was the case? And maybe it's something you've never seen and never looked at before. And so he pointed out the idea. And I mean, someone, by all means, I've been thinking about, I might write this, but you know, an example would be, okay, you have an, a zombie apocalypse, but what if your main character is blind? Have you seen that before and how would that look and how would that play out? And there's something transformative if you went out and explored that idea. Mm. And this is, a, I think, an interesting thing to discuss because where do we move as artists from being just a copy to actually pushing ourselves into the realm of the unknown and into the exploration and into that what ends up being transformative, not even by intention, Mm -hmm. but just because it's new because anything new is actually in essence transformative for us because we've never been there. So we are transformed by entering into the unknown, entering into the new. So that's something I'm kind of interested in maybe seeing if we can explore. Uh, Evan, do you have anything to add to this? I probably do. If I were to <laughs> give it some thought. Yeah. When, you you had mentioned a couple of things uh, pre pre recording that 
that made me think, yeah, this would be a fascinating topic to get into because there are these moments in different art forms where, you know, someone comes along and they, they change the game as well. I mean, there's, so I think that there's a couple of, there's a number of different levels this can, can work on. And I think also just a, a, in some ways, a general exploration of the power of art to transform uh, and to, to be provocative and to make people think and to make people understand something in a new way. Art is one of the most powerful things that we have in humanity that, that can do that. And I think it can happen on the individual level, you know, like there's a, you know, there are pieces of art in whatever medium that exists and, you know, for one person, it's the most incredible, extraordinary, life-changing thing that they've ever experienced. And to another person, it's just, you know, okay, yeah, whatever. Um, and then there's sometimes these moments uh, where artists do something that changes things for everybody um, that is that are so um, massive in, in the their effect that, that um, you know, kind of everybody stands up and takes notice. And in a way, we say okay, this is where, this is where we begin now, you know, like this is now in some ways the, the bar mm. that has been set, um, for excellence in, in this field. And, uh, something else that you said that I want to touch on as well, which is that, yeah, I don't know if creating something like that is something that you have any control over necessarily. You know, I think that you can, push yourself to take yourself into a territory that you've never gone before, you know, but you have no idea what kind of effect that is going to have out there in the world to your audience. You have no idea. Um, so, but that doesn't make it, that doesn't make it unimportant. And I think that, um, that doesn't mean that there's also not things that we can't be aware of that that help our art to achieve that that kind of authentic, genuine honesty, um, vulnerability, thoughtfulness. That doesn't necessarily mean that your art will make an impact, but those things certainly have to be there mm -hmm. in order for for them to have an impact. So it's like, it's one of those things. It's like art, there's no guarantees, uh, of what it will do, but there are certain things that if definitely, if you don't do this, you will probably not ever have kind of that, that sort of result. You will never, you will never sort of achieve that level of impact on your audience. If, if some components aren't there. So maybe that's something we can get into, um, get into as well and something else uh, i'll say one last thing in in what you were saying um was uh that, that just jumped into my head it's like yeah standing on the shoulders of giants um and how yeah that's really where all of us anyone who's ever done something transformative with their art was standing on the shoulders of somebody who came before them 
And if you're an artist, you can do the same. Mm-hmm. You can stand on the shoulders of giants and and of your heroes, so to speak. Learn from what they did, how they did what they, they did, and then get into touch with your own voice and and see what you can do. You know, you take that, that kind of inspiration. Um, you know, like for me, sorry, I know I said it was going to be the last thing I was going <laughs> to say, but apparently not. You know, my, my acting hero is Daniel Day-Lewis. Anyone who's listened to the show enough times has probably heard me talk about the man. But for me, his performance in There Will Be Blood is like, that for me is like, that's the bar of, of, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever seen a performance better than that in my life. Um, and for me, it's like, that's where we begin, you know, like that's, that's for me, like the, that's the vision of, of not stealing what he's doing in that performance, but the, the place that he went to as an artist to do that. Um, that's the bar for me. Right. And sometimes mm. there's these, these things that, um, you know, he's my sort of giant <laughs> in many regards who I, I'm trying to stand on the shoulders of. So anyhow, there's these moments, they're transformative for us on a micro and macro level. These are all things that I'm kind of thinking about going into this conversation. So I am now done, Brandon. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about this, uh, shoulders of giants quickly as we move and navigate through this one. I think that when you are in the initial stages of creating and you don't have much experience with what's out there and who's done what and what's available, you can have a truly authentic creative thought that's original for you, but it's not necessarily original for everyone else because someone else came across that discovery somewhere else. And maybe they even commercialized it and made it mainstream somehow. And you just don't know it exists. So you think you're creating something new and really like, uh, you know, it's already been done. It's already out there, but for you in your experience of creating, it was new. And, and there's something wonderful about that. And I think when you're a new artist, um, sometimes you might think, oh, I have this really original idea of this really cool thing. And then you start to find out, oh, this has already been done. This isn't that original. First, it's important to note that for you, it was original. You came to that discovery without being aware of what was out there. And you had the same experience of what it is to come across something new. And now like in, in the film industry, like if you want to write screenplays or make movies and things like that, uh, maybe even you could say, write like novels and, and plays and whatever it's relevant but you do need to have a little bit of an idea of what's been done already. And you do need to have a little bit of an understanding of the history of storytelling, filmmaking, and, and these crafts, because people made discoveries and they shared them with all of us. And it's important that you understand what they did and how they did it and what happened, because it will help you to take what they did and take it further. And it can always, always be taken further. You, you have no idea how far it can go. None of us do because once someone, and I want to bring it back to what you said earlier, Evan, you talked about raising the bar. Every time we have a new transformative artistic experience, the bar has been raised 
But that doesn't mean the bar can't be raised again. And, and most importantly, it doesn't mean that the bar can't be raised again by you. Mm-hmm. But you need to have an understanding of where the bar actually is so that you can understand where it would actually be raised to. Um, because if you have no reference point of how high it is and where it's at, and if you want to look, use that kind of analogy or reference, um, then you don't really know where you're pushing things into the new, right? So, mm-hmm. but on an, on an individual experience of creating art, if you lived, if, if all of society was gone and we never had a history and we never had anything to, to, and no one was there to remember the history we had, and it was all new again, it would all be new again, because we would all be again, experiencing it new. And the experience doesn't change. The new experience doesn't change. So let me bring this all back around. Cause I talked about a bunch of stuff <laughs> as an individual experiencing artist, you can have a transformative, a powerfully transformative experience as a creative creating on your own. But if you want to transition that and share that with others, you need to understand what others have experienced through other people's art. And that's where you push out of your own bubble into the more collective bubble of what have we all kind of experienced as, as artists, you know, because or just viewers and audience members. Um, and I think that's why often people will say, oh, have you read that book? Or have you, have you seen that movie? Um, and if you haven't, what they're saying is that there's a transformative experience there and you should go out and get it because it was valuable for me. That's what they're saying, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you see it and you love it, then they they you also had their transformative, somewhat transformative experience. But if you didn't, probably what happened was their transformative experience was something you already had elsewhere. And so that wasn't so new for you. And that's why it wasn't as spectacular. Uh, and so yeah. it's very important, I think, as we navigate this to understand the, the personal and the collective, because they're both relevant, they both matter, but they, they're different. And, and it's important because we're trying to navigate how to also be in a career, right? Yeah. And yeah, you, you, bring a lot of interesting things into this and and I want to like bring in a few sort of just examples of maybe of how that sort of operates in action so I'm going to try and combine a few of the things that we've been talking about all into one sort of one thing so you know when I was talking about Daniel Day Lewis you know and his performance in There Will Be Blood to me that's like the the most extraordinary that was a transformative performance for me as an actor. It changed, it changed my concept of, of what is possible mm-hmm. for an actor to do um, and to, to achieve in a performance. And in an interview that I read many years ago of, with Daniel Day-Lewis, um, and it's where I take some of this language, where I took some of the language I've already used from, he said that for him when he saw Raging Bull with Robert De Niro, he said for him, that was where the game changed for him. That was a transformative experience for him. And he said, this is where we begin, is, is Robert De Niro and Raging Bull. I've seen Raging Bull. It's an incredible performance. I can recognize that collectively as being like, yes, I can see how, you know, in a, in a kind of way, how this was really powerful, but in some ways, especially with this, with time and, and generational differences, 
you know, when you were not immersed in the time and experience of what was going on then, you can sometimes lose context around around some of these things. So it's like I can recognize how powerful it was, but for me, Robert De Niro and Raging Bull was not like a transformative thing for me. But Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> in There Will Be Blood, that was a transformative experience for me, right? Um, so there's that sort of like collective and personal thing that's um, that's operating there. And probably if you looked into like Robert De Niro, you would say maybe something about Marlon Brando. You know, right. like when yes. I saw Brando in this, that changed the game for me. Um, and it wouldn't have been that for everybody, but um, was there somewhere else I was wanting to go with this, Brandon? Probably. I mean, maybe. if you have another example, by all means, I think that is a really good one because it shows the lineage of these artists, right? And mm -hmm. I and 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 um, I do think there are a lot of artists, especially of that generation of De Niro, Pacino, and all those guys who Brando was Marlon Brando was a very pinnacle point for a lot of people who helped them transform into what they brought, and they brought this whole other new thing but it was off of the shoulders of Marlon Brando mm -hmm. because Marlon Brando, who is my favorite actor of all time, um, for many reasons other than just his acting, by the way, but because he was someone who wasn't towing the line of the industry. And I think that's a very daring thing to do. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a very challenging and daring thing to do. Um, but it, it you divisive. know, all of these, sorry and divisive as well and and divisive yeah yeah and like uh the the the, the there's an i mean he didn't just do it to do it either from what i understand and i mean look i didn't know the guy but I, i've read a bit i've studied a fair bit about about him and his psychology and uh i think in some ways it wasn't even he ended up in a lot of like he ended up this this very iconic actor very much by accident it was not mm. intentional he i think he truly intended to do good work but i don't think he ever even imagined that he would become an iconic part of our society and culture like i i, I think that a lot of that happened by accident and he ended up there and then he had to deal with it which also opens up a whole other bag of monkeys, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, as far as like, what is that? And what is that, all that about? But like, um, let me put it this way. Dealing with fame was something that is, that someone had to do for the first time. That yeah. wasn't always normal. Like in our culture right now, like some, like apparently there's a, there's a test and they ask kids and they did this like uh, five, 10 years ago. And they asked kids, what do you want to be when you're older? And a lot of kids, actually a huge amount of them said famous, which is such an interesting thing because back in the day, no one would have ever said that like 20, 30, maybe even 10 years before, like people wouldn't have said, I want to be famous mm -hmm. and famous became a thing. It became a job. It became a career choice. Like I'm going to be a famous person. That's going to be my career. Like, like, Back when Marlon Brando was around, if you said, I'm going to be a famous person, you would be looked at like absolutely sideways. Like people would maybe kind of get what you're talking about, Yeah, but it was a different world. And then 
you know, yeah, there was the, there was some figures who would say like, "I'm going to be a star," yeah, you know, star, <laughs> like going to be a star yeah. one day. Yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. But they were kind of like a dime a dozen, you know, like you didn't have yeah. a lot of people saying shit like that. Yeah. But I mean, I I mean, and and you know, and and it would be it would be narrowed into say like an acting kind of thing, right? Or you know, like be a star. But like now, you could be famous for I don't know, knowing everything about a certain video game. And, and it's crazy. You could have like millions of followers, if not more, just yeah. because you're an expert in some game that's created. And this happens for people and they make millions of dollars and like all the power to them. But this was a lineage. And I think that's really important to understand the transformation, right? Because as we're talking mm-hmm. about, we transformed into this, right? Like this was through artists transforming through art, the possibility for us to live and and have these options, you know? Mm. Yeah. And it's, and it's happened over and over and over again throughout human history. Yes. Where, yeah, like, and, and that's another element of this conversation that we haven't really touched on deeply at, at any point. And I don't know if like, you know, I don't have any sort of, you know, I'm no art history major or anything like that, but you know, I can still recognize that, you know, anything that I have come across, it's just like, oh yeah, like these things came along and they just changed, they changed things. They can change societies. Like art can change entire cultures and societies um, for so many reasons. They can, they can, art can be used to reflect and, and propagate the powers of the time. They can also be, art can also be used to, you know, as a form of rebellion against powers of the time, you know, and, and, um, that's a pretty extraordinary thing. I've never seen it, but there is apparently some documentary that someone told me about that sounded fascinating, but it was basically how the fall of the Soviet Union and the Berlin Wall had more to do with, um, the Beatles white album that came out. <laughs> There's an interesting argument that says that the Beatles are actually responsible for the fall of the Berlin wall. <laughs> um, you know, but just like it, it's that you can even make that argument, you know, shows the, shows the power of, of what art can do. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I think it's, it's important to kind of come back to that one thing too, is that just because like, just because that transformed something doesn't mean that the artist intended to make that transformation. I think there's something that's really important about, you know, not to put so much pressure on yourself as an artist to be like, I got to do this thing that's going to change the world. Like I really do believe that if you go into an authentic, truthful place and you're, and you're really trying to explore something, something you care about, something that matters to you, you will inevitably create transformation, whether you know it or not, like whether you mm-hmm. intend it or not, um, because it really does begin within like, and you don't know what you're transforming in another as you're working through the transformation in yourself. So like, I don't know, like I referenced the script many times. I've, uh, it's a script that I wrote called love lost and I wanted to share an experience and I wanted to explore something about love that I really was not too clear about at the time. Um, but I started to 
to give a little bit of an understanding of where this came from, I really started to, mm, let me give you a little history. I was in a relationship where I thought I was truly in love. And I realized as I had gone down the road of this relationship that it was not what love really was. At least I don't think that's what love was today, but I, at a certain time, I, I kind of thought, oh, this is what love is. And after that kind of toxic relationship, I walked away from that going, you know, if people don't accept me or I don't accept them for who they really are, then do we even have love at all? Mm. Like, or are we just in love of the image or the idea of each other? And really that person and myself will never feel love because we'll never really be loved. And, and I was like, well, further. And then that led to the next question is like, why am I not truly myself? And why are other people not truly themselves all the time? Like, why, why don't we just come to the table as we truly are? And because we're ashamed, because we're scared, because we're, we're worried that if people knew who we really were, they wouldn't accept us. They wouldn't like us. They wouldn't love us. And so through a love story, I wanted to explore that. And I wanted to see, could I, could I find an exploration of love you know, real love where people really accepted each other and like saw each other for the worst and still were like, you know, and I, I didn't know the answer. And I still, you know, I still, even to this day, I don't know the answer, but the audience experience of the screenplay was very transformative. And I know this mm -hmm. because I got a lot of people have written back to me and come back to me from it and told me what happened. And I do think that in our culture, we all secretly want to be loved for who we really are. And I, I think most of us or a lot of us, or maybe at least some of us, at least some of us, we don't know if anyone would ever love us if they knew who we really were. And that exploration, even if it only transforms for a few people, I think it makes a really beautiful impact on them. It made an impact on me. I didn't know what it would do for other people, mm -hmm. but it was a genuine exploration with the story. Um, yeah. So, I mean, who knows where that leads, if that ever becomes anything, but it was, uh, an experience of transformation for me through art. You know, I think that is possibly an essential, is an essential piece. And one of those essential pieces that you can't fake, um, which is why I think terrific and, and amazing art is, you know, doesn't just, doesn't just happen all the time and everywhere you know like there's so many there are so many little traps that get in the way of of an incredible art happening you know because it is kind of a happening and and just listening to you talk about this you know helps me to get clear on something where i go yeah like no matter what medium it's in all of my favorite pieces of art have this element of exploration in it it's like the artist is having a dialogue with me they're having a conversation with mm. me and they're saying i don't know they're saying i don't know i wanted to look at this thing and i wanted to have a conversation about this and it started with myself and now you're you're watching it or you're listening to it or whatever and now you're you're exploring this thing with me now too right and because anytime i come across it, again in any medium whenever there's you know, a piece of quote unquote art that is, 
you know, it's really trying to make me think something. It's really, you know, some, it's trying to make me look at something in a, in a specific way, or it's like, oh, this was communicating, you know, once it gets pinned down to something and it's just like, that's what I'm trying to, you know, this is what I'm saying to you with this piece. Mm. I kind of, there's something about that that turns me off about it a little bit, you know, like, because in a way it, it does become a little bit of propaganda at that point. It becomes propaganda from the artist, which is just like, because it's, it no longer contains that element of, of exploration and, uh, with me, it's like, mm. I'm being told something, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's me like, no, this, this is what I'm telling you. Right. Yeah. This yeah, is what it is. Like, as a, it's like as, that preachy. It's like preachy, but it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's not. I think when something becomes preachy, it's because it doesn't feel real to the writer or creator or artist or or musician. It it feels like they're 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 trying to tell you something without being in it with you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But if they're in it with me. I'm willing to go wherever you want to go because I do yeah. feel like you're having a conversation. I feel like you're, and, 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 you know, I mean, in a, in a, in a novel or a sometimes screenplay that can be a little more explicit, I think, but like in a song, you know, you, you hear the, you hear the, the musical tones and the energy and the, and the, and the way they've gone. And you feel like, like, I don't know, like say what you will, but like Adele creating that song, like, hello, I actually felt like she took me to hello. I felt like she took me to where she was trying to go. And I think that's why, part of the reason why that song was such a hit. You know, I actually mm -hmm. don't feel like that song was put on. I actually felt like she was genuinely singing from her heart when she said, you know, when she was saying those things. And there was something about that song that I know for a lot of people, but like for me, I, I was just like, yeah, like there's something that seems viscerally true about this mm -hmm. you know and and i mean we could we'd use tons of examples but i didn't feel like it was like you're trying to manipulate me with the emotion of how you're such a great singer and you can use these musical tones like i felt like you felt yeah. what you're asking me to feel with you and that mm -hmm. is what made it transformative well it's like you're listening to a human being who's trying to figure something out yeah you know and i think that that's you know, that that's such an important thing to in for that transformative thing to happen. It's being invited into that thing as opposed to being like, as you're sort of saying, and maybe for lack of a better word, but being preached to. Right. It's like I'm not being preached to. I'm I'm listening or I'm I'm taking in something of a, another human being trying to figure out something big. You know, they're trying to f and and that's in so many ways life you know like we're all just you know human beings trying to figure trying to figure some shit out and when that quality is imbued in art you know it's like i'm kind of invited into it and i'm like yeah like i'm trying to figure things out too i'm trying to you know figure out these complicated issues of you know, of love and, and death and relationships and success and, and, you know, like big, big questions, uh, I think is, are, are always in some way a part of, of art, of great art, big questions. Um, 
which is maybe, you know, I'm thinking just in terms of storytelling and stuff as well, you know, where it's like, it's important when I started learning about writing scripts and stuff like that, it's like theme was one of the things like, you know, your story's got to have some kind of a theme to it, which I get. That's that, that's like an, um, an important thing. It, it can help you, um, get to some of those bigger things, those bigger life things and, and get that injected into your script. Like, what is this actually really all about? Mm-hmm. You know, in sort of that is that theme and like underneath it all, underneath all of the kind of crazy things that might happen, what's underneath it all for us to walk away with from this story. Mm. And in many ways I I'm kind of going like it's, it might be better to when trying to figure that out is that that comes out as a question, you know, like the theme is some kind of a question about something so that, when you're writing, it's like it's you're you are in the middle of that exploration. You know, it's and to think of, you know, one of the most famous examples of of in cinema history, Citizen Kane. You know, the the theme you could say to that one is what profits a man if he gains the world but loses his soul? Yeah. Right? It's a question mark. Right? It's not saying it's not saying it's not trying to like necessarily preach something, but it does say something to us at the same time, you know, and it does make us think about something and question something, um, you know, and Citizen Kane's one of the, you know, arguably the greatest film of all time, according to some people, right? <laughs> well, the American Film Institute thinks so. Yeah. Um, well, okay. <laughs> I actually would love to read something from... Uh, from a novel, if you don't mind, do take mind, a minute, Brandon. but I think it's worth it. I think <laughs> considering what we ventured into, this might be a good, so this is, um, this is from the novel gone girl mm. and by written by Jillian Flynn. And it's an incredibly good novel. I've seen the movie. I think the movie's exceptional, but the, this, this novel is wonderful, but there's this moment in it and it, um, it really stuck out to me. Like I made a note of it because it stuck out to me so much. And I think it's so relevant to art, but I'll read it out. And then, uh, you know, and then maybe we can talk about it or we can just leave it. We'll see what happens. Um, our society was utterly ruinously derivative. We were the first human beings who would, who would never see anything for the first time. We stare at the wonders of the world, dull eyed, underwhelmed. Mona Lisa, the pyramids, the Empire State Building, jungle animals on attack, ancient icebergs collapsing, volcanoes erupting. I can't recall a single amazing thing I have ever firsthand, I've ever seen firsthand that I didn't immediately reference to a movie or a TV show or a fucking commercial. You know the awful, you know the awful sing song of the blaze? Seeing it, I've literally seen it all. And the worst thing, the thing that makes me want to blow my brains out is the secondhand experience is always better. The image is crisper. The view is keener. The camera angle and the soundtrack manipulate my emotions in a way reality can't anymore. I don't know that we are actually human at this point. Those of us who are like most of us who grew up with TV and movies and now the internet. 
If we're betrayed, we know the words to say. When loved ones die, we know the words to say. If we want to play the stud or the smartass or the fool, we know the words to say. We're all working from the same dog-eared script. It's a very difficult era, era, era in which to be a person, just a real actual person, instead of a collection of personality traits selected from an endless automat of characters. And if all of us are play-acting, there can be no such thing as a soulmate because we don't have genuine souls. It had gotten to the point where it seemed like nothing matters because I'm not a real person and neither is anyone else. I would have done anything to feel real again. Anyway, the reason why that stood out to me so much was because I think as artists, this is one of our main struggles. We pull a lot of our creativity from the copy of the things we see of the, and, and we don't go out and live. We don't go out and, and pull from our life and we don't look within. We look, we look at movies and we look at TV and we look at all these other artists and all these other things and the media and whatever, and what we're told. And, and so I think a lot of what you and I try and talk about Evan and, and something that's very important to me is like, what if you looked within? You know, what's a question you have not answered by television, not answered by movies, not answered by songs, not answered by the things you love. That's your art. You know, that's where you're real. That's where you're you and you have something that no one else has given us yet. And if you, if you started instead of just copying and knowing what to say and knowing what to do and, and knowing who to be quote unquote, uh, maybe you would find out who you are, you know? And, and I think the transformation is when you stop the copy of everything and you begin to explore the unknown kind of essence, essence and exploration. I meant to say exploration and essence at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, if you went and explored what that is of you, you know, like the, uh, you know, and, 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 and like going from your own experience, like real experience with people and life and things that have happened and, and, and like looking at that, like it actually mattered because it does, you know? And like, yeah, the movie that you saw with the soundtrack is beautiful and it's cool and it's wonderful, but like your life is also wonderful and your experience of it and your interpretation of it matters in your art and your expression. And you don't need to undermine it just because many great artists have given us a way to be and a way to live and a way to act. But that is still a copy, you know, for us until we move into the transformative realm of the unknown and the exploration. Mm. Thank you for sharing. That's a one hell of a quote. It's a, it's chilling. It's a very mm. chilling quote. Um, and one that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a very strong point of view on something that, you know, I, I, I'm myself in maybe not as cynical as the character or author <laughs> is in that type of thing. However, sure. there yeah. are many things that are said and they're like, like, yeah, I, I do see that. I do agree with much of what is being, uh, said in there. It really, a, a, what a, what an incredible quote that came, that really came from somewhere deep and personal, um, but, uh, you know, I've said on, on this podcast many times before, something that 
one of my acting teachers used to say, which is just like acting doesn't fuel your acting life fuels your acting. And you can bring that across into like art as well. You know, it's just like life fuels art, life fuels art. Yes. You can be inspired by, you know, the art of someone else, but usually that's because they've taken something from life, you know, in, in a kind of way. And, and I think that that's such an essential part of making anything artful in your life is your, the level of your engagement with your life, you know, like real engagement and taking care of the moment to moment details of your life and really paying attention to these things. And it's something I also tell a lot of my students as well. I tell them like drop the acting books sometimes like, yeah, acting books are great and those are wonderful and you can, there are things that you can pick up from it. But at a certain point, I'm like, I think that you are more served by picking up a book, you know, from, you know, Marcus Aurelius, pick up a book by Alan Watts, pick up a book by, you know, like any sort of philosopher or a poet or, you know, uh, some, someone who really was diving into the questions of, of life and our existence you know, like there is so much to be gained than just trying to how to everything, something that can provoke you to think, you know, not necessarily telling you what to think, but provoking you to think, provoking you and inspiring you to engage in your own life in a more deep and profound way. You know, because I think that that is something that great art also does. It's like somebody who's had it's a it's a a person or a, or a group of individuals who have had some sort of intimate and direct experience with some part of their life that they've managed to communicate in some way and don't get me wrong that's value because that's that is kind of the rub you know in in terms of that quote that you just shared right which is there's this sort of knock on all of these you know, mediums that we, we regularly ingest, you know, particularly stuff like, you know, TV and movies and things like that. Um, we're, we're receiving, we can be basically diminish ourselves to that's really the only way in which we're experiencing life is through a screen. It's through mm-hmm. like, as, as the quote was like a secondhand, um, you know, a secondhand human, which is interesting because the first time I heard that expression was uh, Jiddu Krishnamurti, um, which I just loved that, that, uh, that articulation. But, you know, it's, that's also one of the things though, because a great piece of art, I think can make you engage in your own life in a deeper way. Like it can wake you up a little bit. And I think that that's part of the, the real true power uh, and uh, the true transformative power of art is it makes you stand up and take notice um, of your life in a new way or just of life in a new way so it's kind of interesting because it's like you know in many ways art becomes 
unnecessary at a certain point, right? Like art is, is maybe just trying to remind us of something, trying to wake us up to something. And once we're there, it's like, well, what's the necessity of art really anymore? Mm. Um, just a question. I don't know. I, I still think there would, there art would maybe at that point, like I'm just being hypothetical here. All right. Let's say everybody was really awake and alive to their lives in an intimate way, which is basically, you know, you'd have a world full of enlightened people <laughs> essentially. Right. And then art would maybe take on a new meaning. You know, it's like, it's not there to wake us up anymore. It's just a kind of a play. It's just a sort of a fun, it's just like a play to do in life. Um, but as I can, uh, as I understand art right now and how it functions in its most powerful way is that it's like, it's kind of op- trying to open our eyes to the, the, the beauty and, and the, the extraordinary beauty of our lives as they are. And, and that's around us. Mm. Um, I don't know if there was something else I wanted to add to that. I feel like there was something that I, that I did, but, um, yeah, yeah. I think that that's, that's where really the, the, the power of, of art is most transformative, at least as far as I'm aware of it right now. Hey everybody, this is Evan and this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Yeah, well, you brought up some pretty cool stuff there. Um, I Well, going back to the Gillian Flynn uh, portion of that book, I mean, I, that is a character expressing a point of view about where they're at and, and all of this, but... Um, I do think that's a little bit of the writer coming through and and sharing a little bit of their understanding of that character and and their point of view of that as well. So they're 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 in tandem, like working together through it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I don't know Jillian Flynn as a person. I don't know who she is and how she thinks and what her world's like. But I read that part and I do think that she understands she has an understanding of that feeling of just being a copy of everything. And I think when you're trying to um, create it, create something, you know, there is a part of you that can feel like if you really get honest with yourself, you can just feel like, am I doing anything original at all? Or is this all mm-hmm. just a copy of a copy of a copy? And I'm just repeating, you know, and, um, there's a humility in it, which I can kind of appreciate as a writer myself is like, you know, um, I have been caught in the copy of the copy of the copy and the cliche of the copy and all of that. Right. And I think it's, it's an interesting thing when you, when you begin to, you really try to break away from it, you know, and you, you realize like, okay, well, where am I pulling from, you know, like, am I pulling from 
something I thought was cool or am I pulling from something that's like really somewhere to pull from in me that is just been left unnoticed and untalked about and uncared for, you know, and given no attention or nurture. Um, and I think the other part of it, you know, something else you're bringing up is like art is such a profoundly important part of our lives, but it's so important that we don't even notice it. And I'll make this argument because Netflix, Disney, all these streaming services, they're doing better than ever. And movies, more movies are being made, more shows are being made than have ever been made ever. And people are consuming them at such a fast rate that they can't even keep up. And quality control is becoming an issue in Hollywood and, and with these distribution companies and services because they are not able to keep up with the amount of content and the quality at the same time. And so a lot of really crappy, like just really poorly thought out, terrible <laughs> shit is being made, but it's being made and it's making money, which is kind of like weird. And some of it, you know, is just getting made to get made because they need to make stuff. And so, um, you know, the thing is, is we have such a high demand for art in our lives, even low quality, crappy art that we don't all right so we lost our recording there for a second so it probably cut off in the middle of me talking but uh i'll do some uh, editing magic yeah that we'll do some editing magic. that will minimize it but uh <laughs> it is what it is the go ahead brandon what well were you? I, honestly i forgot what i was talking about so you know what it is what it is but um I think the I, I think the 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 thing that I'm kind of taking away from this conversation as we're as we're going down the 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 avenue and and figuring all of this out is that there is a certain element of exploration that leads to transformation for you as an artist. And if you explore something, if you push yourself to explore something that maybe hasn't been done by other other artistic mediums, you know, and you haven't seen it done before, it might be worth exploring. And, um, you know, someone we've had on the podcast before who, you know, I think he's really developing in an incredible way as a writer, his name's Scott Smith, and we'll have him on again, I'm sure. But, um, you know, he pointed out to me to the other day that like, you know, one of the, one of the most important things about story that he's discovered is that when you have a sense of what it is that you're trying to do, it doesn't really matter what medium, what genre, what form you're doing it in. Because that message, that, and it's not just a message, message is the wrong word, but that exploration, that thing that you are trying to get to and go to that's like internally true for you can be done in a zombie movie, it can be done in a sad song, it can be done in a pop song, it can be done in a painting but there's something that you are trying to um, push through your center. And it's not that you're trying to necessarily do it for everybody else, but you genuinely and authentically want to explore it. There may be something not just transformative for you, but something transformative for everyone else. And, and, and maybe in a very big way, and you might never know to the degree that it will impact others. 
But I think this is one of the things, you know, I think why we're talking about this, at least why I'm talking about this in this conversation, my part in it is that I would love to encourage artists to embrace their their own interest, their own curiosity, their own thing that they want to give attention to and and understand that those things are valid and they might seem absolutely meaningless and pointless like who would care and it doesn't really matter because if you care i can tell you that there's a very good chance that someone else there out there cares and there might be more than just someone else there might be a lot of people so it's worth going down that road and looking into it you know and 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 the other thing too is with art art is never really finished. So sometimes you're going to create some projects that you're never going to share with the world. They're just going to be for you. You're just going to explore them till you're done with them. And then you're going to move on and you're going to be like, I'm not really going to ship this, put it out, present it. I'm not going to do anything with it, but that might lead you to your next exploration. And I think that's an important part of this conversation that sometimes you need to transform into your next discovery. And, and that's where art can be a good medium for helping you get there and find your way. Man, that almost sounded like fantastic closing comments. <laughs> well, maybe I won't have much for closing comments. Maybe, but, <laughs> but maybe you will. Who knows? Maybe, I will. maybe um, that transformed me into my closing comments. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything that uh, is pressing that you're thinking? Yeah, I mean, I was, there was this thing that came up earlier in the conversation and I I just had jotted it down on, on my pad of paper here. Um that's come up a couple of times, but this, yeah, this question of originality, you know, this question of being an, uh, being original, um, and almost the, the unknowable quality of that, you know, because in some ways, I suppose in some ways, the whole, the whole pursuit of trying to be original is, a completely redundant one. It's like, it's, it's something that strikes me as being of little use of paying much attention to or giving much energy to, because on some level, nothing is original. Nothing you ever do will actually be original. Why? Because we are, as human beings, we are intimately in relationship to everything you know not just other people but like to our environment to the entire universe we have this relate and so anything that kind of comes through us is in relationship to every form of nature that exists so it's like it's everything is derivative in a and from a certain point of view everything is derivative yeah and in a way that's a kind of relief you know, I think that that we can actually not be discouraged by that, but be relieved by that because then it means that we can just get on with it, you know, like just get on with, with doing what we're doing. And in another way, originality does 100% completely exist because even though you are sort of 100% completely intimately related to everything that is um, and influenced by everything that is, 
there is a, that means that you are also a kind of unique expression of all that is on another level as well, which means that in so many ways, your job is just to get out of your own way, which I feel is so much of what this podcast is about, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> so much of what our conversations are about is just like, it's like, how can we just convince ourselves to get the fuck out of our own way and let ourselves create something, right? Let ourselves just explore as we were talking about, right? Like let yourself explore. What is that question that you have? What is something that you find genuinely fascinating, exciting and go into that? You know, I think that that's why like very often some of the, you know, one of the wisdoms I found through these conversations is just like, you've got to follow those feelings of excitement. You know, you've got to follow the, those, those things creatively that excite you. Um, because there's no guarantee, but you have a hope of doing something original mm. because there's something that's out of your control when you're working from that place. And I think that that to me is, that's an essential, you know, like I was just saying, it's like, it's an exploration, but within exploration, there is an exploration kind of implies a sense of being out of control. There is something not in your control, and that is essential to transformative art because you have to be transformed by it, which means it has to be something that you don't know yet. You know, like what you're engaging in, there's got to be something that you don't know going into it, and that allows you to fully explore, to mm. fully pay attention and create in the way that you need to um, for it to be what it's going to be. So I think that was everything that I was going to say, but yeah, I was like, <laughs> you know, this, this, this question of originality, um, was something that I thought was really worth talking about because not just for what we do on the show, but it's also something I've heard other people have conversations about, like, what is it to be original? Is it even possible to be original? Um, you know, and, and so I thought that that was worth uh, worth a few words on it at the very least. Well, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because actually that was um, a conversation I was having the other day with a writer friend of mine. And we we're talking about this originality kind of concept a little bit, high concept, right? That's something you talk about a little bit when you're in the movie world, which is basically just an original idea that's very compelling and people want to see. And they're like, oh, uh, that sounds interesting. Um. But he was pointing out that <laughs> he was pointing out that it's like, yeah, this pursuit of high concept is 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 like kind of what you're talking about. It's like you're trying to be original. You're like, I'm going to try to think of this great idea, and and he was pointing out it's like, yeah, but it all comes back down to like, what's the core thing you're wondering about? You know, it all mm -hmm. just comes back down to that. And then you, yeah. And then he was saying, and then there's really just a few tools of like, you know, you could utilize. Uh, to essentially do whatever you're trying to do. And, and, um, you know, and, and we, we talked a little bit about that and it, it's like, um, one thing though, I want to mention on this originality thing, and you were actually the one who brought this to my attention, which really kind of shifted me. And it happened months and months ago, maybe even a year ago, but I remember maybe even longer. You, I remember you saying attention is magic. 
And you were bringing this up. And this was something that I not really given a lot of attention to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you pointed out that attention is magic. And I walked away. I remember from that podcast episode. And I thought about that a lot. And I was like, you know, really it is attention is magic because it's like originality is really just what are you putting attention on? That's all it really is. And I mean, basically no one's ever put attention on this before. And, and then they go, but I'd like to. And so then all of a sudden you have high concept because everyone goes, Oh, like I never thought to put attention on that. And then once you do, people go, well, that's interesting. I want to know about it. And so then, you know, it becomes something that's compelling because, um, and it's, it's basically like, you know, well, what, like, I think you do yourself a bit of a disservice when you go like, well, what is worth putting my attention on and what could I put my attention on to be original and new and unique? And what does no one else put their attention on? And you just have to follow the lineage of your attention. This is what I've come to is like, I was interested in hiking. And so then I started pursuing hiking and then hiking made me go like, I ended up on a hike where it was all literally all ice and I could barely walk like three inches without like slipping everywhere. And like, I once I fell even at one point. Right. And I was like, Hey, I need ice cleats. So then I started to look into ice cleats. And then like, once I went to ice cleats, then that led me into another interest. And like, all of a sudden you just go down this road and you end up somewhere being interested in something that you wouldn't have even known to be interested in if you never followed the initial interest was I want to go hiking. And, and my interest in hiking, like, is, is I want to go hiking into places that are, um, uh, I want to go into places that not a lot of people go. I want to go into these like explorations, like, like places that are a little scary, a little dangerous, you know, but then it started to be like, well, what gear do I need? And, and, and how do you do that? And maybe you don't want to just go for the day. Maybe you want to go for a few days, you know? And so it just opens up down this road. Now, is there a screenplay in that? Probably. But is that why I started my interest in hiking? No, I was actually genuinely interested in hiking. And I think this is the, one of the key things about transformation is you don't know what you're transforming into and where that is taking you and where you're going and what will come of where you end up and what you will see when you get there. So there is a power in it. If you can just trust this little meaningless thing that seems so unimportant and so doesn't matter at all, um, you might realize that it has actually the raw material. It's leading you to the raw material you need to, to greatness in your art, right? And, and, mm. and in life and in everything, you know? So um, I don't know. I mean, the only thing that I, I can really say about this is where we've gotten to is I never thought we would come to this point, but I guess that's the beauty of these conversations is that I've realized the transformative power of art is really in trusting where your true curiosities and interests lead you mm. and not expecting that the destination you get to next is the destination that you need to arrive at, but that that destination will give you insight into many other destinations. You may need to go first before you get to wherever it is you think you need to get to which you don't even know exists yet because you haven't walked in far along enough of the path to even know that you'd be looking for it. But lo and behold, one day, if you keep going down this road, you will find yourself there and be like, it's so obvious. 
this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to share my thing, you know? And, and that's where I think, you know, it goes back to your saying earlier where you said like, it's not art that fuels your art. It's life that fuels your art. And the life is in the curiosity, the interest and the attention that we give things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that in art too, it's just like, there's this, there's a trust in that you, your experience of something, your honest experience of something contains within it some, some kind of spark, you know, just hearing you talk about your experience with hiking and getting, you know, these in learning about hiking and, and getting, you know, special cleats so that you could do certain things and, and you didn't know you needed to do that, but then you learn how to do certain things through just entering into it. And, you know, the most experienced of hikers and, and as a metaphor, the most experienced of people in almost anything, you know, you could get two people who have the same level of experience in something, sit them down together and 100% they could sit together and they could bond over common experiences. But if they really got into it, there would be certain things that they would say, it's like, oh, wow, you know, for me, it's like, I really do it for this reason, or I'm really doing it for this mm -hmm. reason. Um, there are certain parts of our experience of it that are just so, um, that we can share with others that, that maybe people, um, don't have, don't have the same experience of it, but can appreciate your experience of something or maybe you can give a kind of language to something that they just haven't been able to, to do for themselves before, mm. which is an, it's a beautiful thing to give to somebody. Yeah. You know, to, it's, it's a really beautiful thing to give somebody to, to be able to say something for someone else where they're just like, yes, I've never, you know what? I've never been able to communicate that. I've never had the words for that, but yes, that's it. Like, and you've just done, that's a gift for people too. Right. Mm. Um, and, and that's part of when you, when you become intimate with the experience of your life and the things that you're doing and, and the things that you're becoming, you know, when you share those, those parts of yourself, like it's a, it's a gift. It's really yeah. a gift in so many ways. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, this has been wonderful. This this whole conversation has been a wonderful little journey. And I mean, I'm going to share my beer here in a second, but I was just thinking about the Jillian, Jillian Flynn and this book, Gone Girl, and that one page that, that I wrote, the quote that she said. I mean, it felt like someone who understood the struggle of originality and trying to create and, and that. And as much as I could relate to the character and the story and what they're going through. And I think it's just wonderful. I also felt like I had a fellow artist sharing a little bit of vulnerability with me too, you know, like, like, and I don't know if she necessarily sees it that way. Like if she sees it as that stark and, and harsh, but I think there's a part of us that all, all of us can go, what an interesting interpretation of like what we're battling with as creatives, you know, like we're trying we're trying to push ourselves into these world, these new worlds. And at the same time, we also feel like, wow, like we're just a fake. We're just a copy. We're just, we're just, you know, and, 
And then like, there's so many things about like being a person and finding love, you know, there's all these things that are snuck into all that. It's like so, so profoundly deep when you just could look at it and look at, it. I've reread that page probably seven times now, just yeah. garnering new information out of it. Um, as an, as, as an exercise, you know, but, um, anyway, uh, this has been wonderful. Transformation is, is a cool thing. And I, um, I've been transformed through this conversation and I've been, I've been realizing some things to walk away with, which I will share after, but, uh, the beer that I'm having, which I'm going to start Evan. Yeah. Is, get this. It's called the ice cutter. It's from snake Lake, which I've obviously featured a lot in recent, in recent months. Uh, cause they're a local brewery here in Alberta. Um, vanilla latte stout. Oh yeah. It's, um, it's tasty. It's very tasty. It's, it's, um, very, very flavorful. It's very, it's very good. Um, but, uh, it's also one of those beers I would say that you would want, you would almost like it's dark, it's rich, it's flavorful. It does feel like a little bit of a vanilla coffee and beer, um, which is actually, they found a nice balance for it. It's nice for just kind of like chilling and drinking. And today I've been enjoying it. Uh, the other day though, I had one and I sat out in the sun <laughs> and tried to drink a dark beer. And I was like, this is too much. This isn't right. <laughs> Something's wrong. I need a light beer. Yeah. But like, you know, um, where I am now is kind of cool and relaxed and, and nice and just chill. It's like the perfect beer for this kind of atmosphere. And I, I find that's a big part of our journey with the, with the craft beers is like atmosphere, general energy. Where am I at? What am I doing? I've really come to appreciate beers for different times and different places, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, it's a good one. I'd recommend it if you're, if you're in for a nice chill, especially in the winter, this would be a definite recommendation. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm drinking, um, uh, actually my mother-in-law <laughs> was recently over visiting the new baby and uh she brought some beer and i wasn't sure how this was gonna this one was gonna go um but i'm i'm it's been been enjoyable this is a, i'm drinking a blackberry sangria sour oh wow from bad tattoo brewing company which is in uh penticton i believe beautiful penticton british columbia and uh you know what it's good like it's, I'm, I'm often very, uh, cautious about sours, but, uh, this has kind of got like enough stuff happening. It's not too sour. It doesn't kind of finish like, um, vomit, which sometimes <laughs> I find sometimes I've had a few sours that are like that. It's just like, wow, it's got a real nice vomit finish to it. Um, <laughs> you're really selling the sour. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this one does not, uh, do that at all. It's just sort of got a nice little tartness to it. Um, it's still beer, but yeah, it's like, it does. It's kind of got that sangria kind of like vibe to it. And, uh, so yeah, really good. Probably like yeah, one of those cool. beers that it's like, I'd sit, you know, you enjoy, you can enjoy one of them very easily. I think going, trying to do two of them might be a bit much, but, uh, it's good. That's good. Nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, well yeah, I, I don't know if I have anything 
um, better to say than the things that I've that I've already said. <laughs> I think so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that just that engagement with your life, um, that that real engagement, and, rem- and reminding yourself that that is really, in so many ways, what great transformative art is about is about engaging people with their lives to such a like like pay attention pay attention to these things to these things artists are just paying attention to these things and then they show it to us like we've never seen this thing before you know going back to that quote that you shared you know it's like everything's secondhand Right. And, but in a way, sometimes it's like maybe we're getting things secondhand, but sometimes it's just, it can provide something for us to just be like, you know what? I should pay more attention to the fucking clouds in the sky Mm. (laughs) because they really are incredible, aren't they? Um, I should really pay attention to those little moments with members of my family or something. You know, that just says like, oh yeah, these things are special. These things are beautiful and, and let, let life fuel the things that you do and get seriously interested and curious about your own life and discover what you might think and feel about it. Hmm. Yeah, this has been, this has been a nice, nice little journey. This one, you know, I would, uh, uh, I, I, so I think there is a part of it. It's like, like your life as mundane as it may seem at times. And as I don't know what the right word is, but like as minimal as your struggles and your experiences may seem to you, there still is a, a wealth of gold in, in, in all of it. And, um, your interpretation of things can be a pretty cool thing just to add to the pot of everything. You know, I, I've, um, I had a chiropractor for a little while and he turned me on to this show called Barry, which is like about an assassin who basically joins an acting class, <laughs> goes on some escapades with it. And it's, it's really good. It's really, I, I personally think it's really good because there's something about it, which I find really funny because it has a quality of things that I've seen before, but it takes a quality of them and it kind of pokes fun at them. Like I've seen gangster movies and, and all of that stuff and kind of, kind of has that, but it then kind of pokes fun at it. And then it has like, um, acting class. And I've been in those acting classes where you have this like really intense teacher. That's like almost like a cult leader, like running their class and like these students that are trying so hard and they're, um, you know, just that they have their own issues and they're totally unaware of them and stuff like that. Right. And it kind of pokes fun at that. And it kind of brings some of this silly, almost, um, kind of things that when you're in it, you don't really laugh at, but like, if you look at it objectively, if you look at it from the outside, you're like, Oh, it's kind of silly. You know, it's kind of funny. And I think it's a really good show. It's an HBO show, but it's like, it's a very, it's a fun take on an interesting little, circumstance but like it's done in a way where it feels a little new a little original you know and so i also think you know as you're going through your your art and you're trying to create original work is 
you know, sometimes the answer is very simple. It's not, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to create something entirely new. Sometimes you just need to have a take on something that no one's ever had a take on it before. You know, sometimes it's just about if maybe there's something you see about something that, you know, no one's ever really noticed before. I think it's worth investigating and looking into, and it might lead to nothing. It might not lead you anywhere. It might be a dead end and it might not work. And I think a, a reminder is that art and creativity is not always about success and getting the answer. Sometimes it's just about exploring to find out where that leads and letting that be enough. And then you will go yet on another adventure and another adventure. And if you, if you continually go on adventures of art and creativity, I think you will probably find you're at something at some point that's pretty cool and pretty interesting. And maybe it, it works or maybe it leads to something that you never expected. And so, you know, that's the power of art and transformation and just uh, dare, dare to try. Let's see what happens. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.